people of the world. It's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. And we're glad you join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. We're excited to continue spreading the message that promotes critical thinking and thoughtful conversations, advocating for social activism, and uplifting people everywhere. We're also inviting you to join us as we continue the work of encouraging and educating everyone with the edifying task of identifying, endorsing, and inspiring new and existing black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. Send your comments, questions, and suggestions, and follow us on Facebook, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at The Brothers Talk, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for details about our YouTube channel, our upcoming book, and tour dates. And now on with this week's program. Hello and welcome in once again, Brothers Talk family, as we also say welcome to all our first-time listeners around the world, wherever you're listening in. It's so good to have you with us in the fight to promote critical thinking and social justice activism. On to your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care. There is some disturbing news out that the Chinese reported the genetic code to our government repository a full two weeks before it was made public by the administration of the 45th occupant of the White House. This information surfaced as the repugs in Congress were once again looking to scapegoat China in their ongoing quest to find someone to blame other than their own fearless leader. How sad is it that instead of looking to fix a system that failed the entire country, leading to well over a million deaths, they're still playing politics and the Dems aren't really any better in standing up against them. At the end of the day, our government just needs to do more and do better in protecting the health of its citizens. But of course, that goes against the for-profit motivation of treating symptoms instead of finding cures. So unless you or the people that you care about just want to get sick, we all need to do our parts by getting vaccinated or getting your boosters and insisting that all your loved ones are all vaccinated too. Remember to wear your mask in crowded situations, wash your hands regularly, use plenty of disinfectants, and if you or your children do get sick, stay home until the contagious period passes, which is five days for COVID, four days for the flu, and eight days for RSV from when you first notice your symptoms. No one should end up unnecessarily in the hospital or worse from these preventable diseases. We can and we must do better. Now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Thanks, Rod. And thanks, family, for your continued support. And as usual, my take on this on the coronavirus is it's still here. I, I read a report last week where they said that at least a minimum of 1,500 people a day are still dying from the COVID, from COVID. And they consider that to be a victory because it's down from when I, I can't remember what the number was, but it was a ridiculous uh, number. And people are looking at me strange when I go in establishments and I'm still wearing my mask. And there are other people who are not wearing a mask. I know of four people personally who, who had the virus last week and they don't wear a mask. They've been around people who didn't. They weren't around me, fortunately. So wear your mask, get vaccinated, and protect your loved ones and yourself. No? Thanks, Scott. And just to piggyback on, on your comments, I do also know a few people who have gotten the disease. And um, I know one friend who's hospitalized right now with COVID. So please, it's serious out there right now. And, uh, you know, if you can take any precaution, make sure you've had your, your shots, whatever. But please mask it up. 
social distance, be safe. Bye. This week, we're going to deal with the comments made by the Republican presidential candidate, Nikki Haley. Her given name, her Indian name, Namrata, and the fact that she said that America has never been a racist country. And that parallels along with her co-South Carolinian, who she appointed to the Senate in his first term, Uncle Tim Scott, who said that America is not a racist country. And so you have two people with color who have come out and just blatantly lied. And the evidence that you have that they blatantly lied is that both of them follow up those statements with their own stories of having dealt with racism. For Tim Scott, it was his story of having been stopped seven times on his way in to do his job in the Capitol building as a senator. For Nikki Haley, she has numerous stories that she told, including the one about her father having faced racism because he wore a Sikh head wrap. And so they make these kinds of statements, I guess, as some thought about how they might defer away from their own coloration. But it is just absolutely absurd that two people who have that kind of experience would make those kinds of statements. And it's all about politicization. What say you guys? You know, when it comes to Nikki Haley and an Indian in, in, in particular, I'm just curious as, as, as to how is it that the, I don't know what the percentage of, 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 of Indians are in this country, Indian from India. And we got two Indians running for presidency. And one of the themes of that campaign seemed to be one of them, Vivek Ramaswamy, whatever his name is, blatantly goes after black people because they seem, that seems to be a, if you, can, if you can say stuff negative about black people, if you can say something negative about the underprivileged, if you can say something negative about anything but white people, then white people are going to vote for you. And for Nikki Haley to say that nonsense about, you know, well, wouldn't admit that the reason for the Civil War was slavery, that tells me the lack of respect that she has for Black people as a whole and the journey that we've gone through, all the atrocities that we've had to suffer and everything that we've done and we've gone through to help build this country to be where we are now. And we're the reason that somebody like her and Vivek are able to come and run for president in this country. But yet what you're doing is you're trying to put your feet on our throat, your knee on our throat and trying to diminish anything or any value that black people bring to the table. And to me, it just speaks of them being racist. And you always hear about I've always heard how Indians don't particularly like black people. Well, hey, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So, Scott, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I mean, her stint as governor of South Carolina, I mean, really spells out everything, you know, that she, you know, feels about black people, because she definitely represented the white majority there. And, uh, you know, that's one of the most racist states in the, in the country. But even greater than that, not only has she, igno- has she ignored and actually gone at Black people, she's ignored the entire 
colonial history of her people and her country, her native country, and what they've done to her people to join a colonizer to basically profit from the destruction they have put on marginalized people all over this planet. She's basically ignored world history and U.S. history to build her platform. And she has the nerve to stand there and not even acknowledge the crimes against humanity in this country, the racism and white supremacy in this country, to really build her platform, which won't work anyway because she has no chance of winning. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned, Scott, yeah, Vivek has already dropped out of the uh, race now, but he was definitely trying to signify and sign on to the racist mantra of the maggots of MAGA. And then there is Nimrata Haley uh, turning around and attempting to take credit after the blowback that she got about slavery not being the cause of the Civil War and this comment regarding the lack of racism in this country historically was to try to take credit for taking down the Confederate flag in South Carolina, which was nothing more than a reversal on her part because that has been a contentious issue in South Carolina for years before she got to the governor's mansion. And when she got to the governor's mansion, she supported it. And it was only after the mass murder at Ebenezer AME Church in Charleston, where you had a true groundswell that came up, that she finally supported them taking the flag down. But for those who don't know, you know, she's using that as another part of her her attempt to try and curry some favor from the African-American community, almost in a way that is expedient to her like it is for Kamala Harris. But she attempts to more so mollify and coddle the maggots that she hopes to steal from 45, but she doesn't really have much of an opportunity there because as we record this particular episode, we will have the results of whether or not she had any success in the New Hampshire primary. And at the end of the day, you know, it's amazing that she would be so blind or think that these racists that are the foundation of the Republican Party would ever actually accept a brown woman in that role. Because I heard no less than Jamie Dimon, you know, the CEO of Bank of America, which is, you know, the largest banking group in the United States, basically sharing that he is a maggot because he was trying to say, in effect, that just because someone supports 45 doesn't mean that they are automatically a racist. They could just like some of his policies because he's done some things or he had some ideas that can resonate with people like some of the things that he did around border security. And so it's like, well, that is an issue that's about as inherently racist as you can get. But that's the kind of thing that Nimrata Haley would believe that somehow she can get past or that they would actually throw over the white guy who is like all these other billionaire white guys for this little brown girl. You know, you're so right, uh, Raj, you hit the nail on the head. When she look in the mirror, I don't know who she sees. And just like Vivek, I don't understand you're attacking other blacks, other minorities, as if you're not a minority. And as soon as looked like she was gaining some ground on Trump, 
the first thing he started doing is uh, reminding people, hey, she's not one of you. She He started calling her by her, her birth name. I think Nikki is her middle name, uh, Nimrata or whatever, however you pronounce it. Is her, and that's what Trump, and I think at one time he called her Nimrata Hussein Haley. So I'm like, whoa, this guy. So you got this kind of situation where if you look at her in a, in a platform, she how, how does she think that somebody is going to vote for her when you're not even calling out all of this racist, sexist, bigoted, all of this stuff that Trump has done, all of the things that he said that he's going to do, and you're not even speaking on it. You're not even challenging him on asking the question about why is he, why does he have 91 counts indictments against him? What? She's not even addressing that. What she said is, if I become president, I'm going to pardon him. And that's pretty much to you, to me, all you need to hear and say about Nikki Haley. I mean, she's pretty much zero and uh, a racist. Scott, she was really recently asked if she would basically call Trump a rape rapist since he lost the civil suit regarding the abuse of this woman. And she literally sat there and said she knew nothing about it. She's not a lawyer. She wouldn't even acknowledge any of these civil cases that Trump has lost in court in regards to making a comment. Something's wrong here. And, and I, you know, at one point I wanted to bring up in this discussion, and, and it may be a little bit off base, but what happened to moderate Republicans? What happened to, like, having a decent voice in the Republican Party? That's just history. Yeah, they've all gone like the way of the dinosaur because, in essence, they're not maggots by and large, except the ones who have just flipped over like a turtle. Because you see that those who were described as quote unquote moderate Republicans, like the Mitt Romneys of the world, like the John McCain's and so forth, if they aren't already dead, then they are choosing not to run again for their political offices is because the maggots have effectively taken over the Republican Party. It is a sad state of affairs, but it just really shows you how really weak spine they are, is that they are not willing to have really confronted the guy that is the standard bearer who has the 91 felony counts that are standing up against him. And it is really kind of amazing to see that happen because simply stated, I'm actually encouraged by the fact that none of them had the kahunas to step up and actually take him on, because if he is the presumptive nominee of that party, unless, in my mind, unless there is just outright thievery, corruption to the highest level, there's no way that he has any chance of getting back into the White House. You know, and, and the, the thing that, that troubles me is the fact that what you said about Jamie Dimon's rod and the fact that I saw that where he said that the Democrats need to stop, need to stop putting these labels on MAGA, MAGA people. Everybody who voted for Trump is a MAGA, but Trump did some good things. He was right. He was right about a lot of things. He was right about the border. He was right about, about the economy. You know, he named about five or six things and he said he was giving Trump credit for that Trump didn't deserve credit for. Uh, the thing is, he didn't say 
that the MAGA group need to stop saying that Democrats are pedophiles and 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 stealing racists and lying and 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 all this fake news and every anything that the Democrats say, there's something uh, something negative that they got to say about it. He didn't call them out, but they're constantly calling Democrats like, "Hey, you know, don't don't talk to them, don't talk about them like that." But that's who they are. And he looked him saying that when you look at him on that picture. He looks like one of them. I didn't, you know, I had some respect for him before he did that. And I was like, whoa, dude, you don't want to pay taxes that additional taxes that bad that you got to come out here and basically endorse Donald Trump. Pretty much that's what he did. And he letting people know that that's who he is endorsing Donald Trump and he voted for him twice. That was that's what I got out of that. So that's disturbing to me. Well, I don't know what we're going to do as a country, but. The, the bigger question at this point is, why haven't the Democrats seized on this? What are they waiting for? They have a golden opportunity here. They should really control all three branches of this government come next election. And I don't even think they can really get the one. Well, there you have it. And so we certainly want to know what you think. And we hope we've once again given you something to chew on as you enter into the early stages of the 2024 election cycle. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Captain Barrington Irving, who made history as the first Black and youngest pilot to fly solo around the world when he was 23 years old, who has founded Barrington Irving Technical Training School in Miami, Florida. Through the school, he empowers aspiring pilots, particularly people with color, with the skills needed for success in the aviation industry. Teaming up with industry and community partners such as the NBAA, Miami-Dade County, Miami-Dade Aviation Department, Atlantic Aviation, and Bombardier, Irving's Professional and Technical Training Center in South Florida is creating a diverse pool of students from local, national, and international backgrounds, focusing on various business aviation disciplines. The center promises innovative programs, training approaches, and specialized technical and professional certifications. In its first year, Irving proudly celebrated the graduation of 15 individuals who successfully completed his training program, and each of the students in the graduating class also secured jobs in the aviation sector. Learn more about the school via its official website at bittschool.com. And remember, our ongoing Black Business Spotlight theme is Let's Relaunch Black Wall Street Nationwide. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember to follow us and share your thoughts with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on X, formerly Twitter, at The Brothers Talk. And catch us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured we'll never take it or you for granted. Finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.